You know, one of the things we don't like people doing that is judging us, and yet we often judge others when we don't want them to judge us. But the Bible's very specific when it comes to how we are to judge and what final judgment we as Christians will face. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about on today's passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So get out your Bibles, let's get into it. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Jason Jimenez with you as always. Blessed to be with you guys as we dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 3 through 5. This is podcast 226. And I encourage all of you guys out there that if you find this podcast to be fruitful, make sure that you post, repost these things, share them with your friends, do them in a small group Bible study, leave us a review so we can continue to grow the wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ that are out there listening and sharing and growing and standing strong in God's word, just like you. So what a blessing it is to be with you guys as we continue this study verse by verse in the book of first Corinthians. So if you have missed out on any previous podcast, I encourage you guys to go wherever you get your podcast, download those things, listen, grow in God's word and share them. So where we left things off is because we just transitioned into this new phase in Paul's letter to the to the Corinthians in, in Corinth. And it was about the quality that most people lack. And it has to do with faithfulness. I mean, I want you to think about that. When you consider that a servant of Christ is one who is found faithful. Are you faithful? I mean, Paul emphasizes that this is a a quality that we as Christians need to possess, that we are called to possess. And he pictures the minister as steward of God in this, in this house. And so just like you are responsible for the things that are in your house and taking care of, of that, we more importantly need to be faithful in the way that we steward as servants of Christ how we steward what God has given us. Now, as such, that's when we transition now in verses three through five, where the title for today's message is evaluating yourself before the day of judgment. You see, my friends, ultimately, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, who is faithful, right? We, we could be faithful because he remains faithful. So when we do doubt, when we are faithless, God remains faithful. So our circumstances do not alter or change or disrupt God's faithfulness. And so this fidelity or this faithfulness, this is a strict adherence. This isn't something that we compromise in. If you look at any industry, I mean, particularly when you look at a doctor, right? Somebody who's, who's your primary care giver, provider, they are to be faithful. When you, when you think of a teacher, somebody obviously who's qualified, who cares for kids, but someone who is faithfully teaching and training up the next generation in truth. So you guys, all the more reason as Christians, where we, as we anticipate those words to be told us from our heavenly father, well done, good and faithful servant. Remember he says, if Jesus said these words, you have been faithful with a few things, 
I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So rather than be so fixated on judging other people in a way that is not honorable to the Lord, that is uh, critical, okay, and that is not faithfully applying the love of Christ in and through us, let us focus in now, my friends, on truly the judgment that you and I will face as Christians. And this is so vitally important. So if you do have a Bible, let's now turn, and I'm going to just begin in verse 1 and read all the way to verse 5. It says, this is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his condemnation from God. So there is a lot there, my friends. And so as we dive in, I just want you to consider for a moment again, how faithful are you in the calling that God has given you? And I want you now to evaluate yourself before that day of judgment, before Christ, okay? So when you look right here in verse three, when he says, but with me, um, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. So right off the bat, we have to understand this phrase, human court. What he's literally referring to, that is Paul, is the human day in contrast to the day of judgment before Christ. Now, this is important because what this is showing is that he's not fixated on, again, the judgment that befalls us, um, from human beings, or again, if you have ever had to appear uh, before a judge in this world. I like how the Zonervan Illustrated Bible Backgrounds Commentary says, it says the Greek idiom translated by any human court refers to having one's day in court. Such a quote unquote day resonates with the day of judgment. Now this is important because I wanna pause here and I do wanna, I, I do wanna look back for a moment uh, so we can, you know, highlight what the Zonervan commentary is actually saying when it comes to this day of judgment. If you go back to chapter three that we studied and you look at verse 13, he says, each one's work will become manifest for the capital D day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test that sort of work each one has done. And then when we see what we just read in verse five of chapter four, he says this, therefore do not pronounce judgment before that, before the time, before the Lord comes. And it says that we will receive his condemnation from God. So there will be a judgment that we will face. So the, the Zonervan commentary goes on to say, in a city dominated by the law of Rome, Paul reminds the Corinthians that there is a judge above human magistrates and that his actions are ones he wants to be judged in this higher court, end quote. So in a city dominated by the law of Rome, what Paul is doing now is he's reminding the Corinthians that just like we have a judge that oversees, the, you know, as the human magistrates and over, over, you know, judges the actions 
in the performances uh, or lack thereof, we will face a higher court than human magistrates. We will face Jesus himself. Remember in John chapter five, all judgment has been given to him. So then he says, I should be judged by you. Now, you think, what is he talking about here? Well, it does seem that Paul, again, is responding once more to the harsh judgment. He's responding to this criticism that he has received by some of these Corinthians. And you could go back to chapter one, verse 17. You can go back to chapter two, verses three and four. You can go chapter four, verses 18 through 21. You can even go to second Corinthians chapter 10, verse nine. And you're gonna see this, this repeated thing of this harsh judgment that he is responding to when it comes to the Corinthians. Now, remember, Paul knew that many believed his lack of eloquence because you're wondering why, why are they so judgmental over Paul when he's like a spiritual father to, him, to them and he's led them to Christ? Well, that's true, but there definitely seemed in that Greek culture of, of many amazing uh, and spellbound in Hall of Famer, you know, orators and debaters, Paul uh, wasn't eloquent. Um, and I think that translated as a sign to the Corinthians as him not being as effective um, or that he didn't carry as much authority because he lacked it in his voice. And then when you bring someone like Apollos, because he says in verse six here, we'll talk about this in the next podcast he, where he says, I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers. Remember, you go back to chapter one, I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos. So clearly what we've been seeing, and this is one of the issues that Paul has been having with the church is about division, about them putting together religious parties, religious associations. Remember, that was very big in that culture. And not just in the Greeks, but remember you had the Romans, you had the Greeks, you had the Jews, you had a, you had a plethora of different ethnicities and subcategories of groups and social classes. So again, just like we have today to some degree, I think it was a lot worse back then. This is what the Corinthians were applying then in their Christian faith, and that's not good, right? So Matthew Henry says this, quote, it matters little how we are censored or esteemed by men. Let us care only concerning the judgment of God. He knows our hearts and motives, end quote. So that is the focal point here. Since Paul is saved and he's called by Jesus Christ, he is therefore a servant of the Lord. And yes, as a servant of the Lord, he is to serve man, but he's not to abide by the wishes and the desires of man. He's not to submit to man. He's to submit only to the judgment of his master, that is Jesus Christ, just like we are. And this is truly a, a remarkable statement from Paul because he demonstrates his honesty and his willingness to examine his motives and intentions in ministry. He understands that what he says and what he does is going to be judged ultimately by Jesus. That's what's remarkable. A steward is not to be concerned with pleasing anyone else but his or her master. This is what Paul writes in Romans chapter 14, verse 4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand, end quote. So one of the powerful things that we have to understand, my friends, when we're evaluating ourselves on the day of judgment is it immediately will remove us from engaging or getting involved in a, in a carnal, 
an unholy way is that Jesus is ultimately the executor, right, of judgment. And so we're not to be concerned about fulfilling the obligations of man to try to get them to please us. Think about how many friends of yours, even maybe yourself right now as we're looking at the scriptures and you're like a yes person and you care so, so much, far too much about what people think about you. And so you always have to give in because you're afraid of their quote judgment of you. That is not what a servant, remember, go back to verses one and two. We are to be found faithful. That is a quality that you and I are to possess, okay? That is not something that we're to take lightly. That type of fidelity in our life, that, that type of, of not just eloquence, but that type of sufficiency is clearly a high-level servant because you are trustworthy. You are dependable. And that goes back to what Peter said in 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And notice what Peter says to end that verse as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So whatever form or however you exercise your gifts, it is to be done faithfully. So that, my friends, is so so important. That's re- that's what is required of us. That's what scripture says in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2. So when you are so fixated on what other people think, then you're not being faithful to the judgment that's going to befall each one of us that we will have to face one day. But when you are putting that judgment before everything else and you're submitting it before Christ and you care ultimately what he has to say and what he's called you to do, then you are going to be faithful in what you're going to do. It's just like a child who honors and respects their parents and have been given a responsibility in their absence to care for the other younger siblings and to care for the affairs of the home and not to, you know, push those boundaries and not to break the rules. And then when the parents come home, if they've entrusted that to that daughter or that son and they find that son or daughter was faithful, man, Think about the judgment that 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 is, will will fall on that that child um, in a good way, right? Where they will say in their judgment, "Well done, daughter. Well done, son. That you have executed the things you fulfilled. You've done the things that we told you to do." And that's just like the Christian faith, my friends, and all the more important. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time. That's what Paul's saying here, in verse five, before the Lord comes. And he goes on to say, who will bring to light the things not hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart? That, that is a powerful phrase. So let's, let's unpack that for a minute. You see, the Corinthians, they struggled to heed Paul's command not to judge harshly or hypocritically. Like I said in the opening, we know it's wrong and yet we still do it. If you actually look at 2 Corinthians 10, 10 through 13, we see that Paul is still addressing this sin in the church. This is what he says. He says, for they say, his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech of no account. Let such a person understand that what we say by letter when absent, we do when present. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are committing themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding, but we will not boast beyond limits. 
but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you, end quote. So that was 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 10 through 13. So even in his second letter, the Corinthians are judging hypocritically and harshly to his first letter. Um, they are making fun of really his speech. They are um, disregarding him when it comes to um, uh, what he had to say as an apostle. And so he was saying, we, we commend ourselves. We don't measure ourselves in comparison to one another um, because the people who do that, they're without understanding. See, that's what's so important, my friends. If you neglect knowing that you and I will face judgment before Jesus Christ one day, one day um, you are without understanding. And the other thing is, he says, we don't boast in regard of our influence based on what you say. But we, we boast in what God has assigned us to do. We accomplish what God has called us to do because there, there's a day when we will stand before him. So we are not to pronounce this type of judgment before the Lord comes. So in essence, when, when, when he said that, Paul is saying that the Lord is going to bring to light. He's going to expose the motives, the intentions, and the actions of our lives. Think about that. If you go back to his second letter, Paul fast forwards, you know, when he's talking about the return of Christ and he pronounces how he, that is Jesus, will examine our stewardship on earth. This is what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether, catch this, good or evil, end quote. So my friends, the question is, what are you doing, good or evil? Because you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you will stand before him. So those who have faithfully executed the word given by the Lord, again, making disciples, going out there, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive praise from the Lord. And let me remind you, Matthew 25, verse 21, when Jesus was giving this parabolic teaching, he says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. So think about the things in your life. Now, if you've been walking with the Lord for a long period of time, you know, gosh, it's been um, probably 35 years in my life and, and 25 years of full-time ministry. And I look back and just see God's faithfulness in my life. And I see when you put your faith and trust in him, just like when I was praying this morning over these prayer requests, I just have peace. I don't know how things are going to turn out. I don't know what what this is going to happen in the ministry over here or with my kids or maybe this whole thing hovering around, you know, with these bills that need to be paid or whatever the case may be. But I trust the Lord. I can count on him. And and so when God has called you to be faithful to a few things, think about what are those few things right now? And then over time, like I said, if you've been walking with God for a long period of time, for a lot of you out there listening to the sound of my voice, you're going to say, oh yeah, I was faithful in these few areas. And over time, God continued to give me more charge over certain things. For example, if you go look to, if you go and look at um, Luke chapter 12 and you look at verses 42 and 43, um, the Lord answers his servant. He says, who then is the, is the faithful and wise manager? whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time. 
it will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. So who is that faithful manager? Who is that wise manager? Who is that person that I have tasked to do things in my household that is in the world and they are giving their food allowance at the proper time, meaning they're doing exactly what, they're, what they ought to be doing. And so just like if you're faithful and reliable and a hard worker and a person of character in a job, and over time you get a, a raise, you get a promotion, you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful over much. And that's what we see in the Christian faith. And that's why he says here now that therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. So what is he saying about this appointed time? Well, Paul advises the Corinthians not to judge, that's what he means, prematurely. So we talked about not judging hypocritically. We talked about not judging harshly as they were doing to Paul directly. So, and that happens, my friends. It's not just that sheep are getting in the mix and they're judging each other and there's division. There's times when the shepherds are not truly doing what they're called to do and they're getting in the mix and they're getting involved and they're gossiping and they're judging harshly or sheep are judging harshly the shepherds. But there's also that judging prematurely and think about how often we do that. We jump to conclusions. We, we, we jump um, to a level of, of immature perception or intuition or lack of discernment. And as a result of that, what we do is in, and it's not just in these complexities, but I think it's a, a great level of immaturity. Uh, we render judgment without really evaluating one's heart or, or the condition of one's heart or even the situation. So the key is to await patiently the coming of Jesus Christ, who again has the authority to judge. He's the one, Jesus himself is the one who hands out the rewards according to what each person has accomplished for his namesake. I love what Hodge's commentary on the first epistle to the Corinthians says, quote, the day of judgment will reveal the motives of the heart in all men and thus inaugurate an eternal administration of righteous retribution, end quote. That's what we can trust. We don't have to fear the day that we will stand before Jesus, my friends. We don't have to fear the day because if we are being faithful in, in through, through the love of Christ to do the things that he's called us to do, then and, and we've been saved by grace, then what do we have to worry about? What do we have to worry about? Nothing. The Tyndale Bible Dictionary says this, the more explicit New Testament expressions, the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, mentioned in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 8, is also known as the day of the Lord Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 5 and 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 14 and also the day of Christ that's mentioned in Philippians chapter 1 and Philippians chapter 2 are more personal and more positive. They point to final events related to Christian believers who will not experience the wrath of God according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9. When the day of the Lord comes, the earth will be renewed and purified through the judgment of fire according to 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 13. So when you look at the book of Revelation, and you see this final purging that seems to come after the millennial kingdom, that is the thousand year reign of Christ in Revelation 21 verse one, that will ultimately be leading to the finality of all things through the complete restoration um, of God's creation, okay? And he will execute final judgment after the great white throne judgment that we see in Revelation chapter 20. 
Now, Romans chapter 2, verse 16 reminds us that this will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ, okay? And Paul says, that's what my gospel declared. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And that's where I believe, if you go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, where Paul was alluding to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14, that we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema. Remember in Greek culture, they understood what that was because after the Olympics were over, the one, the winners, right, they would stand before the judge and receive the wreath. And that's what Paul re- was referring to in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and is also referred to by Peter and also James about the imperishable, the incorruptible crown or the crown of life. That is, my friends, the reward, one of the rewards that we will receive uh, as a faithful steward of Christ. So whatever it looks like in your life, if there are issues where you are judging harshly, you're judging hypocritically, and you're judging prematurely, based on what we're seeing here in Scripture and what, what, the, what the title was pointing out is you have to evaluate, evaluate yourself before the day of judgment. You have to say, okay, Lord, I am so engaged wrongfully in the affairs of what is happening around me to where I have distanced myself or even have not shown the proper respect or care as a steward. Okay. Cause a lot of times we say, Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. But you know, my friends, we are a faithful servant. We are a faithful steward of Jesus Christ. We work for him. And when we consider that we will face judgment one day, I guarantee it. You are going to be more diligent in the things that you're called to do in spreading the gospel and doing the work that God has called you to do, whether it's at home, whether it's on the soccer field, whether it's as a plumber, as a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, an athlete, a writer, a blogger, a YouTuber. I mean, you name it. God will use you wherever you're at. And you're not going to be so tuned into judging people harshly But rather, when you judge situations, you're going to judge them maturely, appropriately, knowing that one day you will stand before Jesus and you will give an account. So I do pray that, my friends, just looking at this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, it will help you evaluate your own life and consider some areas where you need to ask God to forgive you. And if there's areas in your life where you've been judging people harshly, or prematurely, that you would, through the power of the Holy Spirit, make things right. So hey, my friends, if this has been a blessing to you and you want more information about how you can continue to grow and stand strong in your faith, I encourage you guys to check out our main website, standstrongministries.org, and consider becoming a monthly Stand Strong supporter by giving any amount online. All donations are tax deductible. This is a nonprofit ministry where we are designed in our mission to help Christians stand strong no matter the cost, to sharpen you guys by teaching you guys the Word of God, teaching you apologetics, that means how to defend your faith, and learning about a lot of the false doctrine that is out there so that you do not become elusive to their false teaching. That's why we exist, and we want to continue to, to, to put out material just like this, this podcast, we have another podcast, Challenging Conversations, that we do in partnership with Christian Post and other outlets. 
And we have many books that we publish in partnership with a lot of ministries like Summit Ministries and Focus on the Family. So we can help men and women, uh, boys and girls, Christian families and churches continue to be sharpened with a robust biblical worldview. So thank you guys for listening. Until next time, keep standing strong in your faith. Thank you.